Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you, Brendan, on Friday, November 3rd. And, you know, listen, I know our guys, Luke and Cody and Ryan, did an episode on Thursday of the CHGO Cubs podcast where they discuss this very topic. But Brendan, if you can remind me of the pennant behind you, what does it say? What does it mean? I can never do this. Yeah, that says World Series champions 2016, Corey. Wow. 2016. Not that long ago. They and won in the our World lifetime. Series. In in we our lifetime. Alive. Yeah. This century, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, November 3rd here on Friday, I was in Cleveland, the Eastern time zone. So okay. technically, what I. What year was I, that? 2016. Okay. Uh, I witnessed it on November 3rd, right? Mm. So uh, so today is your anniversary. Why don't we just celebrate both? You yeah, know, keep the party should. going. Do the whole we weekend. Should. Yeah. We should. We absolutely should. Add For it me, to the national calendar. Halloween, October 31st, Cubs celebration just well, like the I next week. I think the actual time that they won was at what, 11.48 p.m.? It was like in the 11s or something like that. Yeah. So it should just cross over. I think it should be a national holiday or at least in Illinois, just get the day off every year. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, absolutely. People forget that. Um, We're happy to remind you of that. Uh, But, you know, it it is, you know, it's been too long, right? Like not to get greedy, right? We (laughs) waited our whole lives for it. My, you know, my, my parents, my grandparents waited a, a lot longer for it than you and I did. Uh, But, you know, let's get back to it, right? Well, we're on track. At least I hope we are. I feel like we are. I don't, I I do want to talk about that the entire episode, but we're not going to because the Texas Rangers have won the World Series. Uh, So kudos to them. Uh, A great run. Sorry to PHNX. Right. Sorry to our friends at PHNX. Um, Great run. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, obviously, uh, fell short. Um, but I think tough to be disappointed if you're a fan of that team um, for the effort that they put in and how close they got. Um, 
Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Cubs winning the World Series seven years ago because the offseason has begun and we need to talk about them winning the World Series in 2024. Okay. I will ask you, though, before we immediately move on, right, because sometimes you and I talk for three hours, so we can spare a few moments for the 2016 Chicago Cubs. We can. Now now that we are so, not so far removed, but further removed, right, do you have any differences in how you view things? You're Do you... setting me up. You're just no, I'm not. Throwing me Do you? All you. Well, no, because I like I remember in the immediate year afterward or two years, I'm like watching highlights all day. I'm, yeah. you know, st- I'm still elated as we sit here now, but I do find myself inching at least a little bit toward like. I want to do it again, right? Like, I do feel a little greedy, right? Like, I feel that creeping into me a little more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if my greed level has changed that much. Naturally, in 2017, especially on opening day, I think we were all wondering what it will feel like the first game after winning the World Series. Will that pain, will that emotional status still be there? And it was. I think they, they had a tight first game in 2017. So it hasn't really changed that much from 2017 to 2018. What changed for me was the moment Joe Madden was let go. Like, I know you have the the core trades of like Rizzo and Javi and KB, and that will always be like the true ending of that era. But when Madden was let go after the 2019 season, I'm like, wow, like they're actually breaking this up. Like now... We're talking about this team in past tense, despite some of the players still being there. But that was, to me, kind of the true ending, if you will, and shifting the page. I always thought the core would be part of the next era. And in my mind, that era ended in 2019. And then that greed level kind of went back down to pre-2016. 2016, 2017, or sorry, 2017, 2018, you know, Still kind of living in the light, still taking the losses hard, but really after 2019, seeing the, the the turnaround that was necessary kind of lit a fire underneath my fandom. Yeah, I think where I find myself is, you know, you and I mention them winning the World Series literally every, every day of our lives. Yeah. Every episode that we're on air, but it happens in real life too. Um, so... I'm never moving on from it. I will always talk about it and I will always be happy to watch those highlights. But I do think what changed, and a lot of people have talked about this. I think Brett Taylor wrote a really good piece about this at, at Bleacher Nation, like right in the aftermath. I think it was called like when you're no longer what you were or something yeah. like that. And good I, I do feel that, right? I, I think that's one of the things that I feel as time goes on. Like I, and I think all of us do, like, want the Cubs to shift to being a team that is doing this all the time, right? And so much of our identity was just one, just one before I die. I just want to see it. I just hope it ever happens, right? I hope that my, you know, relatives are alive for it. I hope I'm alive for it. And we got that and I'll forever be grateful for it. And and if we do truly never see it again, I, I, I can be content in that because that is what I always wanted. But as time goes on, I do feel that a little bit. We're not those people anymore, right? Like they're not the lovable losers. 2003 does not harm me, those highlights, the way that they did when I was a kid. That's, that's right? true. 
you know, like I feel, I, I do feel a little differently. And I think in those first few years, it was like they're, they're, you know, they went to the NLCS the next year, like they're still competing and getting close. Now that we're so far removed, the players are gone, except for Kyle Hendricks, right? Theo's gone. The regime is gone. very different, right? The organization is different. I, I, I am ready for that new era, I think, to begin in earnest, right? Of a different brand of Chicago Cubs than we have ever been accustomed I to. I will say, and I don't know how to properly maybe express this, but I watch games differently now than I did in 2015, 2016. I think so too. I don't know what, why you're going like, to say that, but I agree with that. With Like you watch games differently? Yeah. Or, yeah. And I, I Bro, don't know. Our, my, our whole life as as lunatic Cubs fans, and yeah. I, a lot of people represent this, not obviously, not just you and I, my whole life was about them winning the World Series, right? Like that yeah. is all I ever cared about and wanted to see happen. So of course, the sport is completely different for me now, right? Like it yeah. doesn't doesn't have those stakes. I still only want them to win the World Series. But yeah. I remember being in Anaheim. I had the the great fortune of being at game one of 162 and game seven of the World of Series. The World Series. Pole yeah. to pole, right? Yeah. I saw that team do it. And I remember being in Anaheim and the feeling being like, this is all exciting. They look really good. They killed the Angels. We're off to a good start. They have to win the World right. Series. Like right. I'm already looking right. seven months ahead. <laughs> if they don't win the World Series, yeah. none of this we matters. All, none all of this is fun. That. And I don't really think I have that same attitude. Angst. Every yeah. year is is – World Series or bust, kind of, right? Because that's the point. But it's very different. I would be surprised if most most people don't it, don't kind of feel it. It was a sense of impending doom. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it's like August rolls around. You had the 2008 season where you're kind of tricked that you're the best team in the NL, and always in the back of your mind, it's like, well, you know, they could get swept again. You know, they haven't won a game, a playoff game in multiple years. Sure enough, that that's that's what's happened. So there's always that impending sense of doom and that emotional preparation to prepare for, for that doom. These yeah. days now, I think I watch games differently, maybe differently than you. Like I watch games hoping they win. Don't get me wrong. But I, I watch games... <laughs> Like, how do I, like, I'm going to, and not that I didn't before, but it was, it was different. I, I watch every game and whether they're winning or losing, like I'm that fan now, like I'm that older person who watches every game, no matter what. Well, and, so I, where I thought you were going to go is something that I've said to people before. I what? think prior to 2016, I watched games mostly hoping for the relief that they didn't lose. Not necessarily the joy that they would win. Well, right. Yeah. I was terrified that they were going to lose. Well, I that's did have what that. I watched my whole life. I did have that too. But like now, uh, over the past like couple years, maybe because they tore down after the core. Like you know how it is. Even when we were doing this podcast yeah. a couple years ago, I'm like, oh, I'm interested in some of these like fringe pitchers. Like I like watching those yeah. guys come up. And like I have more attention. I get more. Um, I guess, pleasure from watching those guys come sure. out of nowhere than I did yeah, before. I yeah. And I think it's because we had that World Series ring. Now I can like kind of, again, I am a mess when they lose. Don't get me wrong. But 
like I am able to appreciate some of the storylines more because yeah. the big one's out of the way. Yes. Now absolutely. I can appreciate the other yeah. storylines. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Also, this is also a hilarious conversation because talk to either of us when they're like back in the playoffs, right? <laughs> this is very easy to say right now. No, it's kind of funny. I was, uh, <laughs> You know, because I'm uploading these videos on YouTube, so I see our previous videos we've done. If you go look at the videos we've done, you can just tell by our faces like how yeah. the team's doing. There's sure. like there's a video of uh, when they lost ten in a row. We look like a wreck. Like yeah. it is bad. My so. my mom always used to tell us a story about my grandma. And she would say that when she came home from school, she always knew whether the Cubs won or lost yeah. just based on how my grandma looked yeah, and was acting. So. Yeah, my mom still says says that to me these days. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we delve into, again, the 2016 Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Won World Series, uh, That is something that we all witnessed. It happened. Uh, and we shall celebrate it forever. However you observe November 2nd or 3rd or the entire month of November, whatever you want to do. Um Celebrate on. Um, do have a lot to get to because the Texas Rangers won the World Series on Wednesday night. Uh, so technically, Brendan, Cody Bellinger can re-sign with the Cubs right, right now. now. Yeah. Uh, we are in the five-day window uh, where you can only re-sign a player. They can only go back to uh, the team that they were with. They cannot negotiate with new teams. Um, I, I did find it funny, too. I think Cody posted something on his Instagram just of like his family or him in the backyard. And I'm like looking at it for like, can I troll anything with this? Like he's, he's looking towards the West. He's going back <laughs> to the Dodgers or something, you yeah. know, like, cause I just feel like that's going to start. Um, do want to talk, let me lay out an agenda here. Uh, do want to talk about some more Cody Bellinger projections, contract projections, and how we would feel about those. The Cubs also, now that moves are allowed to be made, uh, did do some 40-man roster cleaning. Some guys uh, submitted throughout white waivers. Um, so we will talk about that. Cody Bellinger also uh, picked up a, a little bit of a, an award on Thursday night. So that is a nice thing for him. Uh, and then there was the report uh, earlier this week from Sahadev Sharma that uh, John Malley, speaking of the 2016 Chicago Cubs, uh, yeah. would be rejoining David Ross's staff in some capacity. Malley rejoined the organization itself last year uh, as Iowa's hitting coach. So talk about some of that. And then, we'll, you know, again, we'll talk about some of these upcoming dates, some of the decisions the Cubs have to make as these dates approach and maybe at some point a little bit of some of these Juan Soto rumors uh saw a report the other day that the Padres had had to take out a pretty sizable loan um to deal with some of their their capital issues uh so how does that affect these Juan Soto talks things of that nature so uh first though uh just briefly uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to a friend of the podcast and a friend of both of ours, uh, Brian uh, Smith from BleacherNation.com, yes. who announced earlier this week that he would be stepping down from writing uh, and and being the Bleacher Nation prospect guru. Uh, we have had the the good fortune of uh, you know starting relationships and building friendships and and learning and conversing with a lot of people uh, in the Cubs sphere. And a lot of great minds in the Cubs minor league sphere. Uh, you've seen them uh, on here with Brendan and I, or um, you know, with Cody and Ryan and Luke and the gang. Uh, Brian is one of the best. 
and so he has always supported us. He's been a guest uh, of Brendan and I's and of the CHGO Cubs podcast once we moved over here. Um, and so just wanted to take a quick second to uh, say thank you to him for all his work. I think he's been an invaluable resource on learning about the minor leagues and staying up to date on everything going on in the Cubs minor league system. Uh, and we wish him well in his future baseball endeavors, which might just be uh, sitting up in the 300s at Wrigley Field, where he enjoys uh, to watch the Chicago Cubs. He's one of the best, you know, one of the nicest guys, too. You talked about it. One of the probably the best thing that's come from podcasting, being online for is your friendship with me, is my friendship with Corey Friedman. Right. Uh, in addition to our friendship, you do meet other people who are just as psychotic as right. you are, and they're genuinely like good people, you know? Yeah. Like I got to go, and I still do. I see Rich in Arizona yeah. quite often. Uh, of course, Cody and our guys at CHGO, but talking with the Gregs, as we always say, and Brian and guys at Bleacher Nation and Cubs Insider and all these folks we've gotten to know over the years, it's 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 a pleasure. And it's yeah. crazy to think that they exist. I didn't think these people existed when I was a teenager. That's the thing. I, I just thought I was yes, like, kind of crazy Yes, you You were on Pro Sports Daily. Get out oh, of I here. Oh, I was. I was. Yeah, you knew yeah. about this. Come I on. was. Uh, my username was North10, Corey. It was originally North. that out there. I know. It was originally North Cider, but then I got I got flack for it, so I had to change it. My 13-year-old self was very, very paranoid about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Brendan and I were both on the Pro Sports Daily Chicago Cubs Dude, I forum. I loved that forum. Relentlessly refreshing. That is where I was experiencing the Jake Peavy, Brian Roberts. Yeah, man. That's how I got all my Carlos breaking Beltran, news. Beltran, right? Oh when Carlos Beltran God. first signed... Uh, what was it with the Astros? He went to yeah. first, right? Yeah, two thousand four, I believe. Was it the Astros first? It was then the, the Astros? Mets? It was yeah, the Astros before the right? Mets. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he finished his year uh, career off with the Astros, and then he you know cheated, and then that was that. So well, yeah. Anyway, farewell, Brian. Uh, from writing, not you know from. I mean, your... it sounded kind of like it was almost like a you know like a farewell forever type situation. Right. No, uh, we'll see you at Wrigley Field. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for everything, Brian. One of the best. Um, all right. Before we hit our first break here, uh, do want to just note on Thursday night, now this is the Major League Baseball Players Association Players' Choice vote. So I think separate from uh, like the MLB putting out their awards, that hasn't started yet. Uh, but Cody Bellinger was named their um, Comeback Player of the Year. I think that's okay. pretty obvious. Um, I believe he gets... Uh, a bonus as part of that, I think, being the comeback player of the year. I'm not sure if that's a players association version or a different version. There's a lot of awards this time, but I know that there was something in his his contract for if he was named a player of the year, he would get, I think, a million dollar bonus for that. That's what I was reading. If I'm wrong him. on that. I apologize. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, he deserves that. He deserves those accolades, um, and it sets up a, a very interesting offseason um, for him. I know we've seen kind of segueing a, a couple of um, contract projections so far. Cody and I on the show on Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, I got the days mixed up with no baseball. I don't know what day it is. Um, on Tuesday, we talked about uh, Jim Bowden from The Athletic, you know, Take it, your take guy. It, take it for how you will. Not my guy. Not your, your guy. guy, right? Um, 
Take it for what you will. Uh, but then there was another, uh, I think, that came out on Thursday. Now, these are just projections, but a lot of it, you know, the, these people do study these things and and keep up on the market and, and kind of – a lot of times, like especially those MLB trade rumors like aggregate ones, they're pretty close to a lot of – what guys end up getting. Um, not exact. And Last year they were kind of off, I will say. There's certainly going to be outliers. <laughs> and I think this offseason has some tricky guys. Like Bellinger's yeah. a tricky guy to to project that contract. But sometimes they're, they're, they're in the neighborhood um, of it. Uh, and the most recent projection uh, comes again from The Athletic, this time from Tim Britton. Uh, and he has Belly at 6-162. So... You know, I th- I think Jim Bowden was at six one forty ish, something like that. Sign I think six one sixty, anything like that. Really, like anything with like a six years in front of it. Like, sign yeah. me up for it, right? I was fully expecting something, or at least that their attempt is going to be something north of two hundred million dollars, right? That is the assumption I have kind of operated on this whole time, uh, but. I, we can discuss the nuance of Cody Bellinger. Cody and I got into Cody Del Mendo and I. I realize I should clarify that. I I don't host a podcast with Cody Bellinger. I'd love to though. Um, what are you trying to say? Come on, Corey and Cody sponsored by Sunnyside. You yeah, can be it's, get you out and of I here. do separate episodes. Um, That's cruel. I'm trying to get Cody Bellinger on the show, Brendan. Let me like relax. We can't pitch him a three frame first, right? Like, hold on. Maybe um, he wants to talk to me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he wants to hear about the his players like me, Corey. Break the or... players like me. That's a fact. You know, that's a fact. <laughs> um. Yeah, because they saw you fielding grounders in Mesa one time or whatever. No. You told me. No, man. They 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 see my I, tweets. They I see know. my tweets. I know. Let's put it that way. Um. And that too, by the way. Cody Del Mendo and I got into some of the discussion of like, he obviously changed his two strike approach to make more contact. You saw the result of that throughout the year, but then you look at some of those baseball savant numbers and like, they're not as red, right. As they were at his peak with the Dodgers and when he won the MVP, but obviously still a very valuable season last year and a very good one. We kind of talked about the nuance of that. So you can debate exactly who you think Cody Bellinger is, Right and who he projects to be going forward, but six one forty to sixty something like that, like that's a no brainer for the Chicago Cubs for the the void that he fills for them, especially positionally. Right, like that that is a no brainer, and the work you would have to do to replace his offense and defense if you did not retain him, like if that is the number, unless Jed has some grand other plan that involves like Shohei Otani and you know, Juan Soto and more, right? Like at that number, that should be the Cubs bringing Cody Bellinger back to uh, hit more balls onto Sheffield. The, so the baseball savant numbers you're talking about. So his expected Woba is 331. So there's a few ways you can look at it. The first obviously is, well, his ex Woba of 331 is 40 points lower than his 370. So there's a degree of luck involved in Bellinger's 2023 season. Perhaps that's one way of looking at it. There is some error in expected Woba. Uh, so it's not to say it's truly representative of the quality of contact that he did make, although it does do a good job of hitting the target. But then again, you have to look at what Cody Bellinger's season was a sum of 
and the sum was good, but it came in very, very big peaks and valleys. Sure. Where he was injured for a month stretch power, went away. He had a rough April, then turned it up. And so you can look at some of the extreme windows. In the extreme windows, one being the valley, his numbers were terrible. And that was what was bringing down his expected weight on base average. If you just look at his ex-Woba as he was going through September, it was around 360, 370. So as he started going through the season, it was gradually going up and ended up being ultimately his actual Woba at, at 370. Still, though, that does highlight who he is as a player. And he has a history of shoulder injuries he has a history of extreme seasons. I'm talking the best season and the worst season from an offensive perspective. When he debuted in 2017, 380 Woba. 2020, in a shortened season, still, that's when it started to go down, 335. The next year, in 2021, following that 2020 shortened World Series, 237 Woba in 350 plate appearances with a shoulder injury that hampered that season. Came back in 2022, not better at 284 Woba. These are worse than Nick Madrigal's numbers, Corey. And then he comes, of course, over to the Cubs, and he has a 370 on base average. That will be reflected in his contract. The fact he's going to get maybe 140 to 180 is reflected on the huge swings in his season and the nuance for the Cubs in our discussion is, are you willing to accept some of that potential volatility? And are you better served, to your point earlier, going out and trying to land the big fish, the Juan Sotos, the Pete Alonzos, the Shohei Otani, and still, despite Bellinger having a $160 million projected contract at 25 to $28 million annual average value, is does it make sense, given the Cubs' current roster, who is made up of Ian Happ at 23, Dansby at 27, Stroman coming back probably at 23. Are these mid-level contracts enough? Or do you just go out and blow the bank and get these big-level guys, the Shohei's and the Juan Soto's? That, I think, is the nuance of the Cubs' decision, and I think it is a worthwhile conversation. I don't think bringing back Cody Bellinger's a slam dunk. I think you have to bring in his value, but I think you can bring in his value in other ways that maximizes the overall team. Yeah, I well, and I, I think I'm looking at it as you bring back Belly and go get a slam dunk. Right. And just to be clear, I like 160 at six million for me personally, I do that right now. Like I am fully for from my perspective, seeing how Bellinger played last year at his best, that's enough for me to think he's gonna be fine over the long yeah. course. So I'm okay with it. And actually, I would like that. I just want to make that like clear. I'm not saying don't bring him back. I think they should bring him back, especially yeah. with that deal. Well, and I, you know, again, like part of what uh, Cody and I talked about on the show a few days ago was the interesting thing for him because of what you were just talking about, right? Like if a team wants to get crazy with him, they believe he's their guy, they're going to go over the moon to get him. I, I was saying to Cody, like, I don't, think like i don't think jed's gonna do that what the problem is like you have pca in center so these teams want to pay cody center field money whereas the cubs already have their best prospect 
getting into that position. That's yeah, the but their best prospect who's going to need some more seasoning. I know, but like yeah. ultimately, like he's going to have to play there sure. eventually. You have to yeah. factor that into the value you expect to return. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, you know, bring in the good players. You figure out where to put them at another time. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. We never thought about this. I know we have to do an ad break here, in which we will. But if you don't sign Bellinger, you you still kind of need a center fielder as an insurance policy for PCA. We've every Cubs prospect besides KB. You need someone to picks. mix in with, you know, like Mike Talkman, PCA and somebody else. The problem with PCA is that the extreme could be bad enough where he doesn't deserve to play. Like that's the problem. And then you have, who's your center fielder, Mike Talkman. That's right. fine too, but he, Not he himself, day. he himself has some risk to it as right. well. So that's, right. It's a weird thing. You kind of yeah. need a center fielder, even though you have potentially the best defensive one in the league right now. <laughs> yeah. I, my, the main conclusion would for me would be if they're anywhere close to those numbers, bring Cody back and yeah. continue to add to the offense on top of him. And I think you've really got a nice little thing uh, brewing there, especially with the development that you saw from, say, a Suzuki toward the end of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, what we've seen from Ian Happ consistently, I think you you sort of start to see, especially if there's that real star, right? And it doesn't have to be Juan Soto, but obviously those rumors have circulated, things like that. You put that in in the middle, the cleanup spot or whatever, and you have those guys around oh someone God. like that, it looks really yeah. good. It, yeah, it does. All right, let's do this ad break here and I'll throw it back to you and we can get going. First one here from Circa Sportsbook. Games will strive to be at a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use minus 115 or minus 120 splits. Circa Sports also does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limit, unlike other books who do limit winning players we encourage bettors to download, explore other sport betting apps available and compare the lines from each sportsbook to Circa. There's also real people behind the Circa sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike those other sport books who even use chatbots. So download the Circa Sports Illinois at circasports.com slash Illinois-app to sign up. Today, also be on the lookout for Circa events, including watch parties and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, or text GAMB to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Second break here from our sponsor, GameTime. GameTime, I use all season long to get tickets to baseball games. I actually gave our promo code to several friends in Arizona to buy World Series tickets from Game Time. They got into those games through Game Time because Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for World Series events. Also, just any other music event, a comedy show, theater events near you. The best part about Game Time, they have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and you can see the view from your seat if you do go to those concerts or big sporting events, and they have the best price guarantee, meaning Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying your tickets. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. 
Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Brendan. Uh, yeah, so look, just bring Cody Bellinger back. That's the point. Yeah, done. Um, there you go. Uh, so, so one point before you move on. Sure. If you bring Cody Bellinger back, again, that will put you at the first tier of the luxury tax. That's what it is. If you bring Stroman and Hendricks back. So the framework is Bellinger gets signed and extended. You're over the luxury tax. That's the first move, which I know we have to do. Yeah. I mean, look, I, the you know, as I've said before, Jed gets paid the big, big bucks. Um, I think a lot of people in this organization would justifiably be on a hot seat if this upcoming season doesn't go well and you have to find a way to compete. So you're the one giving out the contracts, figure out the money. You know what I mean? If you have to trade people, uh, trade prospects to get cash back, restructure contracts, whatever you got to do, figure it out. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. You see, if, uh, if if Jed would like to give us his you know million dollar plus salary to I try to figure that. this out, I'm happy to do it. I don't yeah. think I would do it very well. I as would I do said, it for two hundred thousand. John Lester is the first move. Um, you would do you would run the Cubs for two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that's I mean, a if really Tom cheap is, price. If Tom is listening, he might do that because of the discount. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think it's a decent. I think like that's fair for one or two years. I'll do it for one or two years. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get into, so as we prepare for the offseason, right, teams need to clear up their 40-man roster. If you want to trade for players, sign free agents to your major league roster, um, protect players from the Rule 5 draft um, that are Rule 5 draft eligible, as we've seen the Cubs do in years past, they need to be on the 40-man, or you need space on the 40-man for those incoming players. Uh, so in an effort to sort of start that process, the Cubs uh, outrighted Jared Young, Jeremiah Estrada, and Nick Birdie on Thursday. So outrighting, putting them on outright waivers, teams can claim them. Uh, if they don't, they clear, and that gives you an opportunity to restructure a minor league contract where they are not on the 40 man. So uh, initial reaction to those names, I suppose, again, this does not mean that these guys are gone from the Cubs organization, uh, just that they were in fact outrighted. My initial reaction is it's predictable. Jeremiah Estrada clears waivers, of course, no team wants to go through those throwing programs and get him back on track. He's likely as a result, going to sign with the Cubs from his own perspective because he has the framework and the foundation and the, probably the confidence that he can get back to that point with the Cubs. Nick Birdie, I'm sure it's the same situation. Like I don't think Nick Birdie's going to choose free agency over coming back to the Cubs. Um, I will say in general, Jeremiah Estrada's the warning sign of putting too much emphasis on these younger high-risk arms in the bullpen. In my mind, I thought Estrada would be much better than this, right? You saw the stuff in 2022 that was grading as an 80 out of 80 on those pitching predictor model scales, which is like the best pitch in the league, among the best pitches in the league. And he lost fuel for it completely. So they are warning signs that despite some pitchers having good stuff and a lot of them improving, and showing that they could be high leverage guys, 
for reasons that are unknown, especially in today's modern sports, in today's modern baseball environment, where guys are constantly trying extreme things, you're going to get extreme breakages at the same time. So Estrada is a warning sign. And in my mind, how they build the bullpen in 2024 will be interesting, but they will undoubtedly need more depth because Jeremiah Estrada will not be the, the, the last breakage in pitching development. There will be more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just part of the process, right? And I think as the Cubs look to improve, it's going to be interesting. You know, this is that time of year where in some cases you have to decide, like, do we believe in this guy? Do we risk them getting taken, say, in that Rule 5 draft by another organization? Do we want them to be kind of on that fringe of our depth for the, you know, overall usage that you need throughout the MLB season? Have we kind of decided, hey, this is enough trying to kind of make this work? We've seen that with guys in the past, right, um, through different processes that go throughout. But, you know, even thinking of someone like Dylan Maples, right, like the Cubs tried that for a few years and then eventually a little too late, right, I, I mean, think. Many years. But just an example, you know, eventually you have to say like, all right, we can't keep using the roster space and going through all these motions with this particular player, we have to kind of start a different process and churn with, with different guys. So uh, also as something that is happening now, players need to get those option decisions in. So we are waiting on Marcus Stroman's decision. That's uh, a tricky one. I, I think the predominant thought has been that he's going to accept it, especially given that he was coming off the injury um in the middle of the year and then was not good when he came back and was not good prior to that before that you know obviously he was an all-star and for a good portion of the early part of 2023 was in the very premature but Cy Young race right so possible he and his agent think that they can get uh, a multi-year deal things like that but I, I think the general feeling is that he will accept that um but those decisions need to be made. Uh, and some interesting ones on Thursday, uh, our old friend Andrew Chafin declined his option. Jorge Soler declined his option. Uh, and Padres righty Seth Lugo declined his option. So just, you know, some names that are out there, not necessarily that their Cubs targets or not, but names that are out there names that could be available to the Cubs. And also, it's always interesting to track this up because some of this stuff sets the market, right? Yeah. Uh, the more players that become available, that changes things for everybody, right? We've seen in years past where guys get extended or they pick up their option, things like that. And all of a sudden, the class at a particular position is pretty weak, right? Because guys just don't hit that. They don't hit the market. Um, so interesting to always follow those names, uh, because it adds to the free agent pile. Yeah. I, I think if you look at Chafin or Soler, different contracts, different performances, but you're right. It does set the precedence. I think for me, Stroman's decision is going to be the first domino. If Stroman does not want to come back and accept his option, I think that opens up so many more uh, potential considera considerations for Jed. If Stroman presumably does come back, as we talked about 
10 minutes ago, a Bellinger signing puts you at the first tier of the luxury tax at 237 with bringing back Hendricks as well. Let's say Strowman wants to risk it, test free agency, he's confident, his market is robust despite the rib breakage and the poor second half, then 23 million's cleared up and you can go out and maybe accept one more year of like an Aaron Nola type contract because you have now that 23 million, but also you have the ability to have more flexibility for the 2023 roster and build on that for the next few years, not having to go over maybe the third tier of the luxury tax this year that you can instead use, you know, next year or the following year. So it does have pretty enormous consequences. I don't think, of course, Strowman is necessary. His value is necessary. You need Strowman's value back on this team somehow, whether that's through Strowman or not, it has to be done. But if, if you can get Strowman's value in a different money commitment and years commitment that allows greater flexibility, I think that is an option Jed will seriously explore in the form of either a trade or even extending Strowman, although I think there's a 1% chance of happening. I think a trade for Strowman is a real possibility. Yeah, I think this is an opportunity cost situation, right? And it's a tough one to answer because we don't know how much money they have to play with. My gut feeling is if Strowman picking up that option then takes you out of some of that higher tier starting pitching market, I would prefer he decline the option or the Cubs find an ability to trade him. Um, Stroman, I I think, throughout his time with the Cubs has been good, and I think as advertised. He's had some bumps, obviously, his start. um, You know, there was that part in his first year, and then last year, of course, was sort of a a mess, you know, pre-injury and after the injury. Um. I just, I maintain, and I think, you know, uh, most people would agree, like they need a top of the rotation guy. And I think Stroman in a World Series winning team is at best a two, right? I think you'd prefer him to be your three, right? If money were no object, I would prefer the Cubs get a top of the rotation starter, one, two with Justin Steele, put them in whatever order you want, and then Strowman is your three. I think the problem is the free agent market isn't an obvious sure. get yeah. for that role. I think Yeah, Nola, I mean you 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 may have to make a trade. You could of course look to the NPD. It's not May. You kind of have to. Right. What you're asking for requires a trade. Sure, but what well or Aaron Nola, right? Who's Seemingly would you consider asking Aaron- for an astronomical number? Well, would you? And I don't know that he's he's he doesn't in the regular season. He's not yeah. really a one lately. My, you know, this is all semantics. And by not but, really, I mean he wasn't. But, <laughs> I yeah, mean for Zach for Wheeler me was for for me. I look at it as volume of innings. I need on paper two hundred innings with a K per nine around ten. That gets you around a three ERA. I like Nola. So, he can get there, but yeah, yes, I, I I I agree with you on Aaron Nola. Um, he's got he's and not in every start, but he's got some ice water in his veins in some of those playoff starts for sure. But yeah. um, my main point being, 
I feel about this in an opportunity cost kind of way. If if Strowman staying takes you out of improving the absolute top of your rotation, I would prefer he didn't, right? In a perfect world, they are blowing past some of these luxury tax numbers and they have a beautiful depth-filled rotation, right? Um, but I think what we saw from Jordan Wicks, I, I believe he deserves a spot. Um, whether he's able to repeat that, you know, obviously is uh, the same question as with any guy who's going into his second year at the major league level. Javier Assad was really good. Um, and I think provided really good depth there. Kyle Hendricks was really good um, when he was able to get out there and be healthy. And Justin Steele was a Cy Young candidate. So there's obviously questions with that group. But my point being, I feel better about that exact group, plus their other depth, Ben Brown, Hayden Wisniewski, if he works on some things, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Kate Horton, maybe at some point, right? I feel better about that group, plus a, a bona fide number one starter. Yeah. Then I do the other one with Stroman in it, which is like, no, duh. But I don't, I don't, I guess what I'm saying is I don't see a world where they go and get a top of the rotation arm and they keep Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks. It's too much money. I agree. So if my choice is one or the other, it's like, yeah, obviously I, I don't think I, the point being, I guess I don't think Stroman's that guy. And I think you need that guy. Stroman's been good for the Cubs. Very good for the Cubs for most of the time. Right. But I don't think he's that guy. And I think if you go into the playoffs in 2024, you need a better one two punch than Steele and Stroman. It's got to be Steele and somebody else. My, my opinion. It's, oh man, the, it's not a problem, but it's a challenge because the Cubs pitching staff as it's constructed has a lot of, Volatility. I also and, completely forgot about Jameson. <laughs> I know you did. I was I was leading my preface to Jameson Tyone. I just talked with Cody in the studio yeah. about Tyone and and how I believe he can get back to form. Yeah, too, I think I think he will. And I he's think not. He will. He, I don't think he's he's not in that top of the rotation conversation either. But he, I, I believe he will be a stable member of the rotation, and the rotation can have good depth. The point is the strength yeah. at the top. Here, here's Sorry, Jameson, if you're listening. I, I... <laughs> Maybe he is. Here's, here's what I'll say about Stroman, though. He, he, he's been productive for the Cubs. He had a good year in 2022 in terms of just total value. 130 innings, had some shoulder fatigue, but still put up 3.5 ERA, 3.7 FIP, and two war and 25 starts last season. Absent of the second half, he still put up 2.7 war and a 3.9 ERA and still pitched through some some injuries. You know, for a one-year deal on 23 million, teams will likely jump yeah. at that opportunity. At that value, again, in a vacuum, yes. that value for Stroman is excellent. I'm doing that right. every day. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a context of how it does is. it affect their but spending, I, I, I don't think... I, I think sometimes... You and I do it for sure. The Strowman option is is discussed as, oh man, I hope he doesn't opt in. Which, like, yeah, I get, but if he does, it's not that it's not the end of the world. There's enormous value in that. My expectation is truly, if the Cubs don't want Strowman next year, they will not have him on the roster. I think the 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 money is exploding across the league. The free agent market 
it's good. You know, you have Blake Snell, you have Aaron Nola, but Snell's had enormous volatility. Aaron Nola's asking for $250 million. Aaron Nola had a 4.76 ERA last year. He has some volatility himself. You know, he doesn't get that many whiffs either for, you know, an ace-type pitcher. There will be teams who look at the free Asian market, will not want to commit years, and will look at Stroman on a one-year deal and be like, you know what? We'll give you a mid-tier prospect and pay a salary. And I'm sure the Cubs will look at that. But and you know we'll what? take Juan Soto in return. And we'll Thank take you. Juan Soto yeah. and throw in you Darvish in Thank there as well. Thank you, AJ and Preller. $10 million. Yeah. yeah. So, sure. I mean, like, point being is his value is very, very good, actually, if he does opt in. They have to leverage that and make the right according move, whether it's keeping him or trading him. Or spend $400 million. Like Just I keep said, everybody. That yeah. solves all the problems. Doesn't it? It does. Go spend half a billion dollars. You know, I'm sick of talking about the luxury tax. I know. I really yeah. am. I, look, there's a reason I give the caveat every time that like we're not defending the strategy. That's just how these teams operate, right? Like I, I wish they day. would spend commensurate to how much the organization is worth and just be number one. Every year, them and the Mets and the Dodgers can trade off who's spending the most money. You know, I think every day I wake up, I look at the free agent list. I do the calculus in my brain. 237 is the first tier. 257 is the second tier. 277 is the third tier. What works, what doesn't work. That's how you start your morning. Yeah, actually it is. Like Michael well, Scott when he grills the bacon. Yeah. Well, I'm actually, Reading the luxury tax, it's good for me. It's healthy. Yeah. It's a perfect way to start. I've actually day. started to- It gives me crippling anxiety, but you know. Sometimes it does. I've actually started to post uh, Nico and Dansby defensive videos in the morning though. Oh, great. Yeah. So I actually downloaded 400 videos on my computer and I, I have a nice naming system you know, for each one. So I can go back and look at the numbers. Some people have like a separate hard drive for like photos of their family or something like that. Family documents, et cetera. Brendan has it of, uh, Nico Horner highlights. Yeah. But the directory is called defense. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Actually. You see the video this morning. It's a great video. I have you muted. So I don't know. I don't know why you do that. I'm a great follow. Of course I don't. I have great content. Yeah. Should I do this ad break here? We should. Okay. Yeah. Are you like waiting for me to do it? I forgot we have to do another ad break here. But we have wonderful ads. Uh, Soul Savvy, Corey. The drops by Soul Savvy app makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. It's your one-stop shop for everything sneakers. Whether you are a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead like our guy Cody, Del Mendo, maybe Cody Bellinger too. He has some, he has some nice shoes. Soul Savvy has something for you with three different levels, the basic version, the mobile plus or premium. They also have a release calendar. They have very accurate release calendars and schedules to keep you updated on all the releases that are upcoming. And this Saturday, November 4th, the Air Jordan 1 reimagined Royal Drops, the drops by Soul Savvy. We'll notify you when and where it's dropping. Download the app and never miss a release. Sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the link in the description or by visiting links.soulsavvy.com slash chgo or head over to the app store and download the drops by Soul Savvy app. Another break here from Foco. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. I did notice when I was in studio 
their bobbleheads are high quality, but they're also larger than your typical bobblehead. Like that, you can tell they put in the effort with these bobbleheads. And it's no longer baseball season, but if you want to get a head start for spring training, which by the way, 111 days from now is the first game in the end of February, get those Aloha shirts, get those straw hats, start prepping for Arizona in February and March right now. Check out foco.com or click the link in the description below. And for all non-pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. That was a great ad read, by the way. I feel solid about that. Yeah. yeah I just solid. don't do the I don't do the transitions like Luke. I'm just straight to the point. Nobody you know? does that. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I don't even he's try. A, he's I a multi-time uh, Emmy Award winner for a reason. How come so. we've never been nominated for an Emmy? I would love an Emmy. Great question. Yeah, um, I think great question. It. Let's yeah. run that up the flagpole. <laughs> um, all right, so we're at the fifty-minute mark. We we don't have to get out of here in ten, but you know, well, you know, you know, you know. So, um, so we we kind of looked at this last week, but you know, again, just reiterating now that we know the dates, the World Series is over. So obviously, as we said, guys are free agents now, uh, but you cannot sign with a new team. So uh, as of the morning of November 2nd, that's kind of when this clock started. Um, So five days from then, uh, you have the ability for free agency to begin. That is on November 6th. I know I said five days, but the math is, it's November 6th. Well, you're not a good math guy anyway. No, I'm not. Um, Yeah. Uh, that is when the five-day exclusive negotiating period ends and free agents can begin signing with new teams. Uh, November 5th, the Gold Glove Award winners will be announced. That had better be Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson. Uh, I'd like Ian Happ to win again too, but he has one. I don't really know if he deserved it, and Nico and Horner need it, right? Going to yeah. be a problem if at least one of them doesn't win that award. So... Um, November, let's see, 6th, uh, those contract options. So as we said, those are starting to trickle in. We mentioned Andrew Chafin, Jorge Soler, uh, we're waiting on Marcus Stroman. So, uh, things of that nature. So things, you know, really ramp up here. Uh, the GM meetings are November 7th. Those are not, that's not really the big one. Uh, the winter meetings in Nashville are December 3rd, which I guess is sometimes where people look for a little more action. Um, but each year has been different. So I think, you know, with the the last few minutes we have here, Brendan, like I think just sort of honing back in on what this team needs to do and, and where we're expecting things to go. So obviously that Stroman thing is the, the first hurdle. I don't know if hurdle is the right word, but it's, it's a, a very informative domino. It's a very informative yeah. piece of this offseason, right? Um, and then... You're going to have to make a decision on Cody Bellinger, but all the reports sort of seem to indicate that that is not a process anybody expects to wrap up particularly soon. Um, and then I think you you see about the trade market. You know, I mentioned earlier that there was the report that the Padres had to take out a pretty sizable loan to deal with some of their cash flow stuff. I mean, they have an exorbitant payroll, right? That's just how they've yeah, gone about this. Um, and bringing that up because they they should not they don't have any leverage here brendan like they really don't i i you know you this is a discussion that we've had even i think at the trade deadline right because he was maybe kind of available at that point too like 
they don't have the leverage. When you see people throw out that, oh, to, for one year of a $30 million contract for Juan Soto, oh, the Cubs are going to need to give up Cade Horton and PC. Don't read it anymore. No, no, they will not, right? Watch that happen. I, I think that Bruce Levine's report that like maybe you could do Morell straight up, that seems light, right? Uh, just for how good Juan Soto is. But don't read things that suggest the Cubs are going to give up five top prospects for one year of a player that costs $30 million. They're not. And if they do, Jed will be in a Chicago prison uh, by the end of the evening. Um, so don't worry about that. They don't have the leverage, Brendan. Like, I, I think that's got to be the Cubs, man. You know what I mean? We can get into the whole nuance of, you know, not believing you'd be able to reach an extension with him because of Boris, but getting him in the door is definitely important. But for 2024, man, like throw him in the middle of that lineup, right? I, he, he is so good. He is a generational talent. You and I didn't get, I don't, we don't have to belabor it too much, but you and I hadn't been on after that Bruce Levine report specifically of Christopher Morell, like how attached to you, how attached to you are you to Christopher Morell? And do you have any trepidation in including him in not even necessarily just an offer for Juan Soto, but one of these players that we believe the Cubs should be exploring to make this team better? There's going to be discomfort for many fans, when Morel's name is brought up, I the home run and power potential is off the charts from the beginning of last year. So I understand that. The limiting factor for Morel is he doesn't have a clear defensive home for me, whether it be center field where he's played for the majority of his Cubs major league career or them trying to explore options at third base. It just might be too late defensively for Morrell. And as weird as it sounds, his best value might be in a form of a trade if it does make sense. Like any trade, it has to make sense. You don't want to give up, in Morrell's case, a hitter with a 330 to 350 weight on base average range and the potential for improvement. But if it's Christopher Morrell and then a mid-tier prospect or two for Juan Soto, it's... It's not even something to discuss. Yeah. It's such a clear, obvious I yeah. yes. I like I if I have to justify why trading morale for Juan Soto and a few mid tier prospects is worth it. I you would don't under if you I, have to justify that, then you're talking to someone that doesn't understand how good Juan Soto is. I would strongly encourage to read about Juan Soto. Yeah. He's in my mind. And they're almost the same age. Which was nuts. Right. Juan Soto is one of the best young hitters I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think, you know, look, uh, this is where they need to act like a big market team. Cause I think it does help with this, right? People might be concerned. Well, you get so many years of control of Morel, what he, the player he could develop into. You only have Soto for a year. That is on the Cubs to not let that be the case. There is no reason that that has to be the case. Can, if can you I, get can him, I interject right there for one sure. second. So, first off, Morell's projected value for the remainder of his contract may 
not even align with Soto's one-year value next year. Right. If you just look at some of value. So what you're saying with the team control makes sense, but you can't ignore a seven-win player from Juan Soto. Right. That is incredibly valuable. Right. It may justify that as a standalone. My my point is that while in a trade, you would only get him for a year, the only thing that would be preventing you from keeping him longer would be you, right? If he Not hates me. it here, right? But I don't expect that. Every Most players speak glowingly of their Wrigley Field experience and the experience with the organization. You, where would you like live optimally if you were like a Juan Soto type player? Would you live in a Wrigleyville or downtown or where? Am I me being born in Buffalo Grove, Illinois? Yeah. Or am I Juan Soto? Well, you have Juan Soto's money. I'm saying you personally. Where would you where would you live if you want Soto? If it were money? up to me, I'd have a mansion in Wrigleyville, but okay. you know what I mean? So I and then probably a a winter home in, in California somewhere, maybe Malibu. Next to me? No. You can have the gate code though. Um <laughs> But <laughs> what I mean though is you get him in the door. And you work on an extension. I don't expect that to happen during the season, right? With Boris, we know that he likes to hit the market. But you can you can control that. You have the money to control that. This is not a small market team trading for Juan Soto, going all in to win a championship in one year that in no universe is giving out a you know 10-year, $400 million contract, right? Like that's not what's happening here. You bring him in because he makes your team unquestionably better. He is one of the best hitters in baseball. He might be one of, by the time he's done, one of the best hitters we've ever seen. That's the trajectory he's on, right? You bring him in for one year, you have him help you win for one year, and then it is on you, one of the most valuable organizations in sports, to continue that value in 2025, right? It shouldn't be even looked at as something like, oh, years of control. The, the the Cubs have all the money in the world. Like yeah. you have the ability to spend over that concern, whether it, and it should be with Juan Soto if you trade for him. But if he decides to go somewhere else when he reaches free agency, okay, Jed, go spend money and keep doing it. Right, that's the luxury that you have for being a big market team and a team that fills their stadium every year, no matter what. Right. So you have to act like it sometimes. And this is those times where you can take advantage of those things. You have the luxury to make moves like this if you act accordingly yeah. year in and year out. It makes you unquestionably better in 2024. I love Christopher Murrell. I think he has great potential. Yeah. I'm not like itching to trade him for any reason. Right. But as we've talked about, like this team only has so many areas to make improvements. And even in this scenario, if you bring back Bellinger and make a trade for Juan Soto, it's not clear where everybody's playing, right? You're going to have to really use that DH spot. Somebody might need to be learning first base or playing first base primarily, right? Depending on how certain things go in center field. But like you have a left fielder you're playing every day. You have a right fielder you're playing every day, right? You have a shortstop, you have a second baseman you're playing every day. You know, Jan Gomes, very likely to be your starting catcher unless something very surprising happens there. Like there's only so many areas for clear improvement where these players go, right? So it's it's all just to say, and we've seen this before. I think I mentioned this when we were talking about like the 2016 Chicago Cubs who won the World Series. Yes, we just did. celebrated that anniversary on Thursday in case you forgot. 
in case you forgot that we celebrated the anniversary and in case you forgot that the Chicago Cubs won the World Series yeah, in 2016. Too. Dual reminders. Yeah. Um, you know that the front office, Theo, his scouts, Jed at the time, they had to make decisions. Who are the players we are committing to and who are the players we are comfortable replacing, moving on from, letting shine with another team, right? And just being okay with it, right? And you saw them make those decisions. Javier Baez, Addison Russell, they decided were their middle infield, right? Claybor Torres sent away to make the team better and to include, improve the odds of winning the World Series, right? Isaac with, Paredes, Justin Wilson, sure, Jay same with Eloy Jimenez, yeah. Dylan Cease. Like, you make those decisions. You're not always right, but you cannot hoard everybody. Everybody doesn't have a place to play. Yeah. Everybody is not going to turn into the star that you think they're going to be, right? And in certain cases, and which seems to be the case with Juan Soto, if you have the opportunity, he is a star. There's no question. There's no wondering. There's no what if. There's no let's look at his projection. No, he is. That's it. It's done. He's done it. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't have to be him, but that's got to be a market that the Cubs are exploring. We've been waiting for them to do one of these trades and especially to take advantage of a team that's in a bad situation. The yes. Padres need to clear more. money. Get more than Juan Soto. They the need Padres. to clear money, and they weren't yeah. they 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 weren't successful last year. Like not it's not like they're disrupting a perfect product, right? Like yeah. go attack them. Let let us be the team that trades. I think Cody Del Mendo always says like he wants to trade somebody for washing machines, right? Like that is what I want to do. I want to get a star for nothing to where the fan base is looking and going, this this is what they got. Yeah, you know, for yeah. Juan Soto, right? That's what you want. I want to do that this offseason. I've been saying this for years. I want one of those trades that you look at like, wow, how did they get him for that yeah. player package? Yeah. I want to be on that end. A lot of people have some really good, like, it's Jed's league or let Jed cook memes. You want to see the memes. Let him, yeah, we want to see them. Yeah. We want to mean it. We want those yeah. memes to have meaning, Jed. The, if, you, if, if you do want to consider, like, the, the cost of getting – of trading Morel, he's currently projected by Zips for next season at 1.7 wins above replacement. Now, over the course of the next four seasons, he's a free agent entering 2029. So he's under control for the remainder of this decade. Uh, five total seasons, basically, including next year. His his war projection, the range is between three to 15 wins above replacement in the next five years. You can't ignore that bottom end. That bottom end is driven by his extreme whiff rate, which is right. like bottom second percentile. So there is a lot of uncertainty there. Now you look at Juan Soto, his range of wins next year is at his worst, at his worst season, four wins above replacement. At his best, you're looking around eight or so. So four, yeah. So four to eight in one season that has the potential to put you from an 85 win projected team to, let's say, it's never like, you know, total sums. But let's say you go from 84 to 88 with Juan Soto. You do your standard deviation, you know, now you're at 88, now you're at, you know, 94 wins. And that is typically the bucket of when you're in the playoffs and stuff happens and when you make a ton of money. 
Like once you're in the playoffs and you progress and you get above that projection tier, you start calculating dollar signs. And if the question is, do you want to keep Morrell, accept the risk that he might be a two, three, four, one player, not saying he's going to be, but that is part of the calculus or front load it, the value get for sure four wins next year, upwards to eight, improve your chances at a world series, bring in dozens of millions of dollars and grant yourself the opportunity to lure him for an extension for 12 years. It is unbelievably easy to yeah. want that and to, it's not even an argument at that point. It's just so clear cut. Yep. Bring me belly. Bring me Soto. Dude, that lineup with bring belly, me Soto, a top Seiya, of the rotation arm. Dansby, Nico, Hap. Oh my God. Some more God. stability in the bullpen. Yeah. You go win the division, go on a run in the playoffs. We have another parade with a hundred million people or whatever it was. It was 100. It's that easy. Yeah. Jed, just do, you know, just like do I that. said, I'm offering my services for $200,000 for the next two years. I guarantee you, my promise is I would make that trade and then some. Great. Am I saying, am I better than Jed? Maybe I don't know I if I trust you on the phone with AJ Preller. I got to be honest with you. Why? He's great because, I mean, he's he'll throw some crazy things out there. I don't know, man. I can handle it. Can you, you can take the heat? I talk to you once a week. You I think I? From you. you think I can? I I'm comparable to being on the phone well, making a consequential trade with AJ Preller. I would. I, I don't know. I actually. think that's a compliment to me. I don't. I don't. I don't really know, know how I feel about that. Yeah, you have I experience. Know. I would lean on your experience. Yeah. Hardly. I saw that picture of you today in the dugout. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Are you going um, to get a World Series ring for that? By the way. No. Okay. I'm not it, in the it, organization now. People are wondering what the hell's going on. So there's a picture of Corey in a Texas Rangers uniform when he was the manager for one game in what the Dominican Summer League. Is that I, what it was? I well, I think my my dad uh, miswrote that I was the bench coach for oh. like ten games. Wow, I actually didn't yeah. know that. I thought you were the manager for one game. No. Wow, you were bench coach for ten games. Yeah. You you're basically a professional, a major baseball player at that point. You should say sure. that more often. Yeah. If I, I um, no, I mean, I, I mentioned on the show that I, I was mostly pulling for the Texas Rangers because Jose Leclerc, that was in the Dominican Summer League in 2011. Yeah, you coached him. And Jose Leclerc was on that team, right? Yeah, you, you, you personally coached Technically, <laughs> technically, very loosely, uh, very, very so loosely. You're, but, you won the yeah. World Series. You deserve a ring. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I, uh, the, for my work in the Dominican Summer League 12 years ago, um, the imprint 12, on yes. this team is, is, <laughs> it's, it's very Finally clear. you see it. Yes. Right. Uh, um, all right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, one more ad break here, uh, and then we will come back and, uh, sign off. Goodbye. Yeah. Say goodbye. Farewell. So long. Uh, I wish we had a song, you know, like the Mickey Mouse Club or something like that, you know, I that we sing, sing you and I sing together as we go off the air. You want to sing with me? No, I don't. I don't think anybody wants that um, personally. But uh, the first thing is obviously to remind you guys, as always, to check out becoming a CHGO Die Hard member. Over, you can visit allchgo.com. You guys know we have podcasts, live shows, every team, every day, post game shows, premium written content for members at allchgo.com. You get twenty percent off all events like our Bears, Bears tailgates. 
We got Bulls takeovers coming up uh, with our great CHGO Bulls team, Blackhawks takeovers with our great CHGO Blackhawks team. You get a free shirt when you sign up to become a member. You get access to the members-only Discord. And as we mentioned for the last couple weeks now, uh, coming up on November 9th, the final CHGO Bears tailgate of the year, and that will also be our final X-Golf giveaway. X-Golf is giving away a $200 gift certificate to any of their Chicagoland locations. You can find the X-Golf nearest you at playxgolf.com slash chicagoland so of course uh you need to be at the tailgate to win that uh, and enter that raffle and the best way to do that and get the discount is to become a diehard member and join the chgo community our last ad read it's always sad when we reach our last ad read of the day but it is chicago's beer of course you guys know it Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer, since 1988. They have a roster, Brendan, that we need it's the Cubs to get to in 2024. Yes. It's a hole-proof roster. No holes, no cracks, nothing to fill in. Uh, you got Slugging. the Oktoberfest. Yep, they have everything, right? Yeah. Speed, contact, <laughs> They're power. The best. Yeah. Yeah, in their um, own league. The Oktoberfest, of course, flowing now as we're in autumn. The Beer Hug family. The Full Pocket Pilsner goes great in your beer bat chugs for post games. The Everyday Beer, that is what the Goose Island Brewers are drinking, not the Milwaukee Brewers. And, of course, my favorite, 312 Wheat Ale. I think the 312 Wheat Ale is like the Dansby or Nico of Goose Island's roster. For sure. Solid, not overpowering. You know, it's not punching you in the mouth, but it's always getting the, the job done. It's is consistent. For sure the yeah. yeah. Steady. I like that. The can is equally as beautiful as Dansby Swanson <laughs> is something. Um yeah. Yeah. So that's that that's the roster you know it you can grab ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at goose island's original brew house on clybourne avenue in lincoln park love their smash burger or from their taproom on fulton street in west town goose island beer company chicago's beer since 1988 so brendan yes uh by the time we come back next friday Stuff is going to be cooking. So Cody right? Bellinger will be a Cub for the next six years. Yeah. Juan Soto probably on the team as well. Yeah. All in six days. Uh, this is also a good time, especially reminding, I, I, I should remember to do it at the beginning, but Brendan and I, this has not been a live episode. We are not ignoring you in the live chat. Uh, we have to pre-tape this uh, work schedule thing. Uh, but we do read the comments, replying on YouTube, whether you're in the live chat or in the comments after the episode that sort of live on the bottom of the video. We're reading, we're checking, we're trying to interact as much as we can. So we do appreciate that. Uh, but the useful caveat uh, that stuff happens quick in the off season, Brendan. So even if you're watching, you know, Luke and Cody and Ryan and sometimes me and, and Jared in the studio live, uh, episodes podcasts of of baseball teams in the off season no matter what can be outdated pretty quickly uh because stuff just happens very quickly moves happen new rumors pop up um so you have to be aware of that stuff that if you're listening check the time see if there's new news um and if something happens between when you're listening and when brendan and i recorded this don't yell at us for not knowing it didn't happen yet and we don't have the ability to read minds. At least I don't. I do. 
uh, I don't believe that. Uh, I can read your mind. Some of the pitchers that you've been interested in the past, but um, we don't have to delve into that. I do. I want to finish, Brendan, by being a little petty, if I may, sure, um, not sure. toward you, oh, um, God. because it does bring things full circle, right? We, we were, we we're coming to you on November 3rd, just off the uh, seven-year anniversary of the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. They overcame a three-to-one deficit uh, over Cleveland to win that World Series by winning three straight games. Um. The Texas Rangers just won the World Series on Wednesday, uh, and that, of course, leaves us with a relatively small list of teams that have never won the World Series in their franchise's existence, and I would like to read that for you, our Let's loyal CHGO Cubs I actually listeners. don't know this. The Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. The Colorado Rockies. Okay. The Seattle Mariners, who actually have never appeared in one, which is brutal and almost unbelievable, isn't it? I can't believe that. It is, yeah. Uh, The San Diego Padres, the aforementioned San Diego Padres. And rounding out the list, again, I'm reading a list of Major League Baseball teams that have never, never won a World Series. Rounding out the list, ladies and gentlemen, the Milwaukee Brewers. Who, Who is that again? The Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. The Milwaukee Brewers. Got it. Okay. Never. 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 Relative to seven years ago. Okay. And I don't want to hear anything about, oh, they've only existed for so long. The Cubs had a 108-year drought. Yeah, and you know what they did before that 108-year drought? The Chicago Cubs won back-to-back back back. World Series. Yeah. If you don't know the 1907 and 1908 Cubs, like the back of your hand, are you even really a fan? I refer to them as the 0708 Cubs. <laughs> So you got the 07, 08, and the 2016 Cubs. <laughs> that was good. That was very good. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And people are like, oh, man, I never got over the, the collapse in 08, man. I thought they had it. You're like, what do you mean? They what won. What are you talking about? Yeah. I had to have Oh, I'm a turn-of-the-century guy. Yeah. No. Come on now. Right. Uh, well, you know what, what? And I mean, if we're just being like totally petty, that's what Cardinals fans do, right? Like they always talk about how many, what do they have, 11, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure you were a big fan of the 1935 St. Louis Cardinals. Like, get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Um, like, I don't get to, we, we don't say that the, oh, the Cubs have three titles. Like, no one would say that with a serious face unless you are much older than me because well, like, the cubs have three flags up in the outfield and they have their three world series flags yeah actually, not to that's, discredit that's one of them actually. that is yeah i'm not discrediting the 19 but it's like i'm a 32 <laughs> year old man like what am i going to talk about the 1907 cubs anyway the brewers have never won a world series david stearns is leaving craig council might be Probably. leaving maybe they'll just never win one woodruff i think is not coming back he like tore his shoulder yeah. so. but again setting the table for this offseason jed Please listen to what we're talking about. You're getting run over year after year by a team that has never won the World Series. Enough, please. The offseason has begun. There is no getting ready. It's here. Jed can start doing work now, clearing the 40 man. You can start negotiating with your own players, things like that, thinking about moving money, extensions, options, things like that. Get it done, all right? Like jokes aside, fun aside, it is time to... get back to the top of the mountain. And I don't want any wasted time. I don't want to hear more about 
money and smart spending and things like that. I'm not saying to be reckless. It's actually but intelligent spending, not smart spending, if you want to. Right, be. intelligent, yes. Yeah, uh, I didn't know if Jed had that trademark that I want to get sued. Yeah, so. well, that's a good point. Um, it's, it's, t- it's time to get back, seriously. The expectations have raised, like, this team needs to be... The offseason has started, so now we can really get to that point and say, when it is over, we're in it right now. This team no less than the absolute clear-cut winner of the NL Central and a legitimate threat in these playoffs. I don't expect them necessarily to reach, you know, the odds-on favorite to win the World Series, but it had better be—they had better be in the discussion, and at least a team that is clearly viewed as, unless they get in their own way, a playoff team, a division winner, and a threat to mess around— in the playoffs because that is where this team needs to be. It's right there too. You know, the, the path has never been clearer, even though there's some obstacles in the way and luxury tax and player options and pending free agents and all that. But the volume of potential paths is so big. You can go down that road and win. You can go down that road and win that road and win. Yeah. And it seems like it's difficult, but it's a numbers game, and it feels that the Cubs are going to fall into having one of those possibilities become a reality, and you have a clear-cut middle of the order, and you have your bona fide top-of-the-rotation starter and a bullpen that's cleaned up. I think there's so many possibilities to get there. It will be difficult, but they're there. Get it done, Jetty boy. I think, right. yeah, my services, I'm offering them, too, if it doesn't happen next year. So, yeah. you know, you can find me at Brendan underscore Cubs. Actually, it's right there in the in the YouTube. I so. had better see Jed Hoyer drinking through a bear mask. He's not going to do that. We don't know that. You're right, he, actually. If, if you recall, in the uh, very inebriated interview from uh, one Theo Epstein yeah. in the rain, in Cleveland after the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016. That's correct. Uh, I feel like that's what we should do. Every year on the anniversary, we should try to top how many times we say it. I think it's been like 25 times. But there was one episode we did, I think, last year that was not at that time, that we went nuts. Yeah, we did. He said, Jed's in charge. I'm going on a bender. Okay. Do we know now if Jed won as the president, is he still sort of the designated driver of the organization, if you will. Yeah. Or does he then say, Carter, keep keep control of things. I'm disappearing for a few days. I think it's the days. opposite way around. I think Carter is a sneaky, crazy guy. I think Carter's going to go on a bender and then Jet's going to have to make sure the franchise doesn't crumble. You know, Jet's the reliable one. He's the stable one. Carter, a little, okay. little psycho, I can tell. It doesn't come off as it, but I can tell. He's a psycho person. As are we all, Brendan. Um, whatever in the world you and I are talking about right now. <laughs> um, Drinking beers all right. your beer costume. As always, we're getting out of here. All right. um, another guys. reminder, uh, Blackhawk season, Bulls season started up, Bears season trickling along. Our, our CHGO teams are excellent. Um, if you're looking for coverage for other teams in Chicago, please do check them out. Uh, I think all of our teams do great work. Chicago Sky, uh, Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars. We've got really great coverage at, at CHGO uh, for all the teams. So check that out. Chicago White Sox. Love our guys, Herb, Vinny, Sean. 
Um, check it out if you're looking for coverage on all the other teams. Uh, Cody, Luke, Ryan should be back with you on Monday. Usual scheduled time for 1.20. Uh, and Brendan and I will be back with you next Friday. As always, we appreciate your guys' support listening to the CHGO Cubs podcast. We will talk to you again next week. Big off season for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the CHGO Cubs team is ready to talk about it, cover it, and break it all down as soon as they start making some of those moves. So here's to a big off season and setting up a big 2024 for That's the Chicago true. Cubs. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, go Cubs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We all silly like the man.